uh, I miss miss all of our our Antioch family. I'm I'm scrolling through the gallery here, and I I see I see our Antioch family. I see uh, members of the of the body of Christ uh, who are spread out uh, through through the city uh, and even the the world. Uh, and I see family. Sarah, there's family for of Sarah and I's uh, on both sides of our family with us today. So it's so sweet to, to have you all with us today. So. What a, what a gift it is to at least be able to connect uh, in in some way in the midst of what's going on right now. And even as Nate, as you were sharing, uh, I, I was processing how you know we're one week removed from Easter and the the celebration of each Easter uh, of Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection is as a center of our faith and. How much more has uh, has the this celebration? I feel like brought the the weight um, to drown out the the significance in each of our journeys uh, in the season. And and so I I don't know about you, but I and and we as our family are continue to carry forward this this place of celebration of trust uh, in the Lord and, and His work on the cross. And just for a second. Would you be willing to type in the the chat? If, if is there anything? What what's been what's been significant for you uh, as as we've passed through this Easter season? What what is something coming out of Easter that has impacted you differently in this season? It could be you personally. It could be your family. Would you be Would you be willing to just uh, throw a line in the in the chat room, just so uh, other other members of a of the community can can see what's what's the Lord been doing? in us through us in the midst of easter coming out of easter holding on to to this place of victory that christ has accomplished yes god's unconditional love amen what else mm -hmm. yes lord continue to do it strip away everything that's unnecessary or you're a provider uh, these these times of, of these windows that we're taking advantage of being able to pray with each other, uh, it's happening. Three times a day, you can jump on, at least in the Antioch community, you can jump on calls. He's going to take care of us. Embracing peace that doesn't have to make sense. Yes. God's in control no matter what. We're his church. Yes. Intentional time with God. A global church crying out, yes, we, these these hundred or so households uh, are just a, a tiny expression of uh, the church. You know, there's this there's this uh, verse in the Old Testament that talks about God's glory covering the earth as the water covers the sea, and it hit me the other day that there's more of a spread out uh, across across the you know we, there is something precious about coming together, but we're 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 more spread out, and as we glorify Him. His, his glory is covering the earth. Uh, God will never leave us. Yes, peace. Amen. Keep them coming. Uh, I'm gonna. We're, we're gonna keep on going. Keep them. Keep them coming. So, I, so we're 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 still in a, a series that's uh, that's focusing on encounters with Jesus. And uh, I just want to remind you real quick a few uh, a few of those stories. And I want to ask you which one of these stories have you identified most with? We've got Simon Peter, the fisherman. Peter, James, and John at the Transfiguration. This is an anonymous. I want you to choose, uh, choose which. And this is this is a, an, an anonymous poll. Your, your name's not going to be connected to anything. 
choose, choose which of these stories you've connected, what you've identified with the most. The demoniac freed from uh, legions of demons, woman with the issue of blood, wedding at Cana, uh, the woman at the well. What, who, who, who have you identified with uh, over the last few months? Yeah, good old Simon Peter. Uh, can can you guys see the see the the results of the poll? I'm looking at the results. Can you guys see? Okay, you'll see it here in a second. Okay, there you go. So we've got we've got uh, Peter and his journey of, uh, of of faith with the Lord. We've got uh, the woman with the issue of blood and her her finding. Uh, identity, acceptance, belonging with the Lord. Uh, anyway, just fun, fun to do. So we, uh, so we're going to focus today on another encounter with Jesus, and uh, it's primarily going to be uh, through the eyes of Mary Magdalene uh, and and her her interaction with the Lord just right after his resurrection. And uh, I want to go back real quick, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but just answering the question, who is Mary Magdalene? It's, it's interesting, and our Western view of who she is has kind of been shaped by three different characters in, in the, the Gospels being melded together. It's what it looks like. You know, you, in Luke 7, you've got the sinner. Uh, the, 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 the scripture talks about this woman with a, with a promiscuous or a reputation uh, in the community uh, coming into a Pharisee's house, washing Jesus' feet. It doesn't name that, that person. You've got uh, Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus in, in Bethany later on washing Jesus' feet after he's raised Lazarus from the dead. And then you have uh, Mary Magdalene, who is first introduced in Luke 8, when she's, she's mentioned along with some other women who are following Jesus. And, and, and in this introduction, it says something very significant about Mary Magdalene, that she was delivered from seven demons by Jesus. So that's a, that's a that's a significant testimony right there. Uh, but in, in scripture, it appears that these are three different women. And uh, there is some, there is some uh, extra biblical tradition that Mary uh, and Martha were seen at the tomb encountering Jesus after his resurrection. That, that could go into a little bit of, of melding these two together. But there's a, there's a pope. Uh, Pope Gregory the Great, who made a declaration that, hey, these all just said all these women are the same, and that kind of added to, to the, the tradition of the narrative being being mixed together. But um, so I want to I want to go I want to go jump into to the story uh, of of Mary Magdalene and Jesus uh, at his at his death, uh, and and it's really it's really beautiful because Scripture, uh, you know, in in John. 19 it places Mary Magdalene at the foot of the cross as Jesus is dying she's standing there with his mother uh, in Matthew 27 and Mark 15 Mary is placed with a small group of women at the tomb as Joseph and Nicodemus are attending to Jesus body and uh, Luke 10, 23 gives us a group of the uh, uh, gives us a glimpse of the group of women that Mary Magdalene is with uh, uh, there at the tomb staying until the very last minute. Uh, when they have to leave to obey Sabbath law, uh, she, she's there. She's right there. She's not going anywhere. And this is a risky place to be, right? Je Jesus, Jesus uh, is not in a good place with the Jewish leaders who have who have demanded of the Romans that Jesus be crucified. So it's not necessarily a safe or accepted place. 
for anyone to be. Uh, so, but Mary's there. Uh, Mark 16 places Mary and Mary Magdalene and several other women uh, coming to the tomb pre-dawn on Sunday morning. Uh, and Matthew uh, 28 and John 20 uh, identify Mary Magdalene as the first person who Jesus reveals himself to. Uh, and, and then Jesus commissions Mary Magdalene and Matthew, another woman, to go and tell the disciples about him. So in, in, in this, uh, this section of the narrative of Christ's life, Mary Magdalene is extremely present. And uh, so I want to jump into the actual uh, account. We're going to spend most of our time in John. Uh, just, just a note on Matthew 28, it has Mary and another woman coming to the tomb and actually seeing the angel appear and roll away the stone. Uh, to, uh, and the, the intensity of the moment is so great that you, you see the soldiers guarding the tomb that was sealed, uh, falling down and, and looking as if they're dead. Uh, that in and of itself had to have been a, 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 an overwhelming experience and gives us a little bit of insight as to, as to why the angels are saying, don't be afraid, <laughs> uh, don't be afraid. Uh, but then I want to jump, so I want to jump into John here. So Mary, uh, John's narrative, and, and, and then note that, that I think is really helpful to think about when we encounter uh, in, in the harmony of the Gospels uh, a situation like this where we have different perspectives and maybe the details look a little bit different. One, what, you could ask, hey, if, if the Word of God is, is you know, God-breathed, reliable, uh, the, the, is, does the fact that these accounts don't line up exactly call into question the veracity of God, God's word? And it's actually the opposite. If you were to ask uh, a number of people who experienced the same thing to tell you a story or to recount what has happened, if they all told you the exact same details, especially if you if it's say this was a, a testimony in, in a crime or something, everybody, everybody would wonder, hey, that these folks got all together and they, they talked together and made sure that their accounts all changed so that they lined up and, and, then, and then told their story because they wanted a unified front. Whereas some of these details that are coming out a little bit differently are, are coming through people, uh, some of whom were, had firsthand accounts of, of being there and experiencing this. And, and the differences in perspective actually bring, bring weight and validity to, uh, to the reliability of scripture. And if, if the reliability of scripture is something that, that you are, are hungry for in this season, uh, message me, email me, call me. Uh, there's a, there's uh, an amazing four-part series that I've watched uh, in the not-so-distant past that I feel like is really good at laying the foundation. I'd love to share that with you. But uh, let, let's move on. Um, so Mary finds the tomb empty. She runs back to the disciples to tell them that, uh, what's going on. And, and the first, the first people we see that move in the into action in, in in John are Peter and John, and and they just take off, <laughs> and and it makes sense uh, because uh, Peter, we know we know what's just happened with Peter, right? Uh, he he has denied the Lord, and and over these three days has been carrying the weight, the intensity of of, of what is what the choices he's just made in his life. And one, one beautiful thing to, to mention is that in, in one of the accounts, uh, as uh, it's in Mark, in Mark 16, where the angels are interacting with Mary and the other woman there, they say, go tell his disciples that he's alive. 
and tell Peter, <laughs> even the, I feel like even the angels in this, in this interim moment know the weight that Peter is carrying and, uh, and, and give a little hint uh, of, of how the Lord is going to interact with him uh, soon uh, in his uh, revealing of himself to Peter. But anyway, so Peter and John take off on a foot race, and it's kind of fun to know that John mentions in his account that he actually wins that foot race. He gets there first. Uh, he's looking in uh, at the doorway, and then Peter just brushes past him into the tomb, goes down into the tomb, uh, and sees the, the burial clothes that, that, that had been wrapped around Jesus laying there on this slab. And, and it says that the head cloth was folded up and laying on the end. And, and in this moment, something, something happens in John and Peter. The scripture says, it says that they believed. That they, they didn't, said they didn't understand everything that was going on. They didn't fully understand the scripture that was foretelling Christ. Jesus had been telling them what was going to happen. They didn't understand it. But something happened with, within, within the, the spirit of God and in them, something happened in them. And the result was faith. And, and you know, th this, this, uh, this takes us back to Jesus as he's taught, <clears throat> excuse me, talking to the disciples, promising the Holy Spirit, and says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave to you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. So I believe that, that, that we haven't reached Pentecost here, but we have this, this glimpse of the Spirit of God moving and opening uh, eyes and, and then them responding in faith. And I just want to pause here and, and say, in this season right now, uh, in all that's going on, I believe that one of the things that the Lord is doing is the Lord is, is stirring up faith. He's stirring up belief in our hearts. You know, Hebrews talks about faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And at this point, G, uh, John and, and Peter, they're seeing an empty tomb, but they haven't seen Jesus yet. And, and, and so that there's this blessing even uh, that, that Jesus proclaims, and then Peter echoes later that, blessed, blessed are those who don't actually to see and touch my body you don't see me but you believe in me there's a blessing here for us as we wrestle with what's swirling in around us and we press into jesus uh in, in this season of our lives but again i want to go back to in COVID 19 right now this journey that we're going through the the weight uh the stress the fear uh the sacrifice uh that's uh, you know, think back to, to Nate's testimony and that the way that not just the workers who are carrying on, carrying on the front lines, but their families. Uh, and, and actually, I want to pause right here. Time, time out. I, every one of us knows people who are serving on the front lines right now. We, we have nurses uh, and doctors in our midst. We have, we have professionals who, on, who are supporting on the technology side. That, are, that, that their work is bringing them into almost daily contact uh, with caring for or supporting those who are caring for uh, people who are sick right now. And, and the, the weight uh, that Nate is talking about is real. 
So I'm gonna, I wanna ask you to do something. I wanna, I wanna, we're gonna unmute everything. And I want everybody just to cheer for a second. I want you to get up off your feet and I want you to cheer. We <laughs> were entering into battle. We were making you so Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want to tell you that this is happening is in, in some of these COVID-19 units, the, all, the, all the supporting actors, uh, the techs, the people who are usually cleaning the rooms, the people who are, 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 are helping you know, wash the patients and care for the patients, the transport, lifting them up and moving them. In many cases, those people aren't there. So it is the nurses doing three, four people, different people's jobs in caring for the, the patients who are the sickest. So there's, there's major sacrifice that's happening right now. So in, in going, going, back to, uh, going back to this, this moment of faith, um, in, in this season of our lives, stress, fear, sacrifice, loneliness, questions of identity and purpose, the Lord is, is doing something. There, there is something that's rising up in us. And I want to invite us to press into this, and, and both in the secret place, you know, individually, as we're getting time with the Lord and interacting with him, uh, and uh, corporately. And the corporate piece takes more effort in this season. But if you're not processing on, a, on, a, on at least a, a weekly basis what the Lord is stirring inside you, I want to invite you to reach out if you're like, I don't know anybody, I don't, I don't know how to reach out, or I want to be a part of a group, reach out to us. We'll, we'll figure out a way to connect you with people to process with, uh, to share life with uh, in deep places in what the Lord's doing, what the Lord's doing something. All right, I got I to gotta hurry here. The disciples go home. Mary stays at the tomb. And, and as, she's, as she's there at the tomb weeping, two angels interact with her and they say why are you weeping and and mary says i don't know where he is where 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 is he gone we don't know where his body is and she turns around and there's a man standing there that she mistakes for the gardener and and, and i'm just going to read straight from scripture here having said uh, having said this she turned around and saw jesus standing but she did not know it was jesus and Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. She, she, want, she, she still thinks Jesus is dead. And she said, I'll, I'll care for his body. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in, in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I want to stop there. Jesus said her name. And that's when, that's when she knew who it was. In this season, Jesus is speaking our names. He, 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 is, he is speaking identity over us, and he is speaking to us. And I want to encourage you, uh, exhort you in, in the places where you're struggling with frustration, uh, with, with anger, with disappointment. Uh, don't let that, that anger, that frustration, the, the complaining or the grumbling, don't let it overtake you so that you're not able to hear his voice speaking your name, speaking as only one 
person in the entire universe can. Mary. Jesus said to her, this is interesting, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now, I don't think that Jesus is creating emotional distance uh, or relational distance between her. Just think about it. This is Jesus who, uh, within the confines of time and space that he has created, is now enjoying the joy for the first time the joy that part of the joy a piece of the joy that was set before him hebrews tells about this joy that was set before him that he looked towards as he endured the cross this is jesus revealing himself for the first time as a risen savior i i can i I think he's just sitting there beaming as as mary is is floored by his presence and he says don't hold on to me. I'm not done yet. There's so much more. Go to my brothers, and and I just want to. I want to. I want to. I've got to finish right here. But this this him saying, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. This is this is Jesus the Son, uh, and by Son we're not saying that He is created or born, but in every sense carries the the full attributes. Uh, of God and has a, a father-son relationship with God the Father. And when in, uh, in John 1, as, as it's talking about uh, Jesus being the son, it, it uses uh, the, a word that is translated in King James, begotten, but really means the only or one of a kind. So, so Jesus in his preeminence uh, as son is saying this is my father and he's your father too which which what does that mean that means that jesus not only is our king and savior but he's our brother <laughs> uh, and I, I don't even have time to unpack all that um right now but but here's here's what it means our elder brother who is one with us and is yet infinitely above us that's what piper says uh, about the, the, this mystery of him bringing uh, of being our brother Listen to Hebrews 2, and this is where I'll end. For it was fitting that he, Jesus, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of, sorry, the, he, God, the Father, sorry, but for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctifies are one. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So the, the, the Lord is doing this sanctifying work in us in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of the weight of what's going on, because we have an elder brother who suffered so that he might sanctify us in these places of, of being one with him. Uh, so, so as we close, I, I, there's three things I, w- I want to uh, invite you to, to hold on to, any one of these things. One is, is the Lord is stirring faith. In, in the midst of what's going on too. Uh, and I, I want to encourage you to press into that, to listen and to obey. Faith is marked by obedience. And, and many times it's small steps and uh, little steps in daily life. Uh, obedience in, in place of faith. The other is identity. He spoke, he just said, Mary. The Lord is speaking over us 
press into him, listen to him. And, and then the last is this place of being co-heirs with Christ, a belonging family. We, we, he is our king and he is our brother. Romans 8 talks about uh, him, him calling us brother and also talks about us being co-heirs with him. We've been given the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, and if we're children, then we're heirs, co-heirs with Christ. Now, it's one thing to know this theologically, but in a, in a, a season right now where we're, we are looking at wrestling with the, not just the finiteness of life, but death itself, when we, that, that's the ultimate fear, right? It is being sick and dying uh, or, or losing everything that we have uh, in, in the midst of, of this crisis uh, with the economy tanking. The, these fears, these truths are not just theology. These truths are strong enough because it's who our God is for us to lay, lay the full weight of our lives on. So there's, there's going to be a time for us to respond in prayer here in a bit. Tabby's going to sing a benediction over us. And there's going to be a time for us to, to gather in breakout rooms. And, and Elaine will explain how that's, that'll happen. But I encourage you as you process uh, today, how's the Lord stirring your faith? Uh, what is he speaking over you? And, and what is he, uh, what, what, in, in this place of, of our identity as brothers and sisters, and, uh, you know, one, one first point that I speeded past, and I, I'm, uh, I'm just going to take an extra minute here, um, it talks about him being, the, this Hebrews passage talks about him being the one who sanctifies us, um, and the sanctifying is making holy, making pure. Um, he, he is, not only is he stirring up faith, but he's also refining us. And I just want to say that, that, you know, in my life, the Lord is refining me. The Lord is, 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 is causing things to rise to the surface that he's calling me to repent of. He's, he's calling me to, to press into him and press into others. And one of these places is in marriage. And there's a, a couple of conversations that Sarah and I had uh, over the last couple of weeks that caused me to have an, uh, some interaction with the Lord in, in devotion time where the Lord spoke very directly to some blind spots in my heart and in the ways that I am not honoring uh, and, and loving my wife. And I just want to, you know, I want to, I'll actually, these are, these are, these are places I'm pressing into and the Lord I'm sharing with brothers who are around me. I'm, I'm processing with Sarah, um, but it's still, it's still raw uh, in us, but I, the Lord is, uh, uh, he's, he's stirring things up. And I want us to be able to go to these places in our lives with the, with the Lord and with each other. So some of the, some of the, the lies, that, the, the places of pride and selfishness that the Lord is pressing into in me, one is I deserve to be served. Uh, another is I don't have to thank my wife for the ways she serves our family. And these aren't things that I, I consciously think. And it's not that I've been totally disengaged from my family or not caring for my wife and kids. But there's these, these places of attitudes and assumptions that are, that are buried deep in my heart. And another really significant one is that my work, me, Brendan, my work is more important than, than, than the work Sarah does. And uh, these things, are, these things are, are not right. Uh, they're not honoring. And, and what they produce uh, are, is, is hurtful to, to my family, but also to me. 
So as I shared these with Sarah and pressing into her, I repented. I repented to brothers and sisters, to brothers walking with me, and I repent to you as a body, uh, and, and saying that the, 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 how I love my wife should reflect how Christ loves the church, and, and I am looking to Him uh, in this season to to, to refine, to, to strengthen, to purify me. And I share that uh, again. As, as, a, as a way to create space uh, in these places in our lives where he is refining in this very unique season when a lot of the supports that we lean into uh, or find comfort in are being pulled away. Let us go there to these places uh, where he is sanctifying us uh, as his children and his people. Amen.